This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions and promote evolutionary thinking. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring the anatomy of energy healing. We're coming to understand that healing is more than just a physical endeavor, that there are actually four levels that need to be addressed in order to regain health, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual or energetic. True and lasting health requires a balance between all four aspects. Whether we use traditional methods or seek out alternative care, we're probably familiar with physical healing, emotional processing, and healing our thoughts and belief systems. But what of that mysterious land of energy healing? The energetic or spiritual body is every bit as complex as the physical one, if not more so. It consists of chakras, meridians, arc fields, and energy centers, just to name a few. Our spiritual bodies allow us to interface with everything else in the world and beyond at the quantum level. What goes on there? Do our energetic bodies affect our physical health? If so, how? For that matter, how do we diagnose what's happening in the invisible world of energy? We're beginning to hear a lot about energy healing, but what exactly is it? Religion or superstition? Truth or fiction? Science or magic? With us this hour to hopefully shed some light on these esoteric mysteries is Wendy DeRosa, a national and international intuitive energy healer and teacher, author of Expanding Your Heart and Awakening Through the Four Stages of Spiritual Opening, Energy Healing Through the Chakras, and Bouncing Back, Thriving in Changing Times. Wendy is the fo- founder of the School of Intuitive Studies and the Healer Training Program. She offers online, in-person classes in intuitive energy healing and developing intuition. Wendy's also a yoga teacher and a retreat leader. Her website, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us on the Science of Magic. 
Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So how did you get interested in energy healing anyway? Well, I wish I could say I sought it out. I, it actually found me. In That's usually that. the way, right? Yeah, it's usually the way. Um, so I, you know, I grew up in a family of uh, a very big Italian Catholic family on the east coast of the United States, and I, um, I was very sensitive as a child, and I um, absorbed the energy of everyone around me, and it started to create some symptoms in my body, which included kind of an excessive weight gain and bloating, even as a child, like just a puffy kid, um, and then started to develop anxiety and panic attacks, and by the time I was 19, it was a nervous breakdown, and a, several um, breakdowns, but really a, a hospitalization in when I was 19 from a nervous breakdown. And what I know now and that I didn't know at the time is that a lot of this was my, my, my body's response, my empathic response to energy that was going on around me. Um, and it was, you know, it, it took me on a journey into understanding my what was going on for me in my energetic body and also finding a teacher to help me understand it. And that actually happened through, you know, a car accident and having to go to get some uh, treatments for this car accident. One of which was a, a massage in a chiropractor's office. Who's, who's, um, sort of confirmed that, you know, I really think you've got this ability and that you might need to look into it and develop it further. And I ended up finding a teacher and working with her for some years and through just really getting training in it and also going into deeply into my own intuition and my own connection with myself and my own spiritual divine connection, I was able to harness my own gifts and my own abilities and be able to serve others by doing energy work and energy healing. So um, where, where, yeah. did your, where did your trainer train? What form was I, it? You know, it's a good question. I, I don't know where she trained. You know, this was 25 years ago and people, you know, it was different back then. It's like it really was a handed down practice and, and, um, you know, intuition and only in the past 10 years really has become a little bit more of an on the table conversation. It was very much something you had to seek out. And this was before social media and before Facebook existed, you know, all of this. And we, you know, you had to go through word of mouth and kind of find your teachers then. And um, I think she had a handed down practice as well. And she handed it down to me and a small group of people that she worked with at the time. So um, what exactly is energy healing? So energy healing is the, the, the energy. We're, we're made up of energy. Everybody is. And energy is the consciousness and the cells of our being. And our cells have receptors and peptides on this, in the cellular form, on the cellular structure. And they communicate. Cells communicate with each other. And they communicate not just within our own body, but also they communicate outside our body with another person's cellular structure. And so we can um, we can feel energy through uh, in other people as we experience a resonance, a cellular receptor resonance between ourselves and the other person. Energy healing 
when we go through life and we have an experience that creates a cellular imprint, an emotional imprint or an energetic imprint, like if I, as a child, somebody said something to me that stuck with me, that's an imprint in my energy system. So I'm sorry, is the imprint the same as what some people call a miasm? Uh, possibly, possibly. Okay. I'm not sure. Go go ahead. Mm -hmm. So the cellular imprint then at that point, um, the, the, uh, an individual will, will grow in consciousness. So I'll evolve, I'll age, I'll go on. And that particular experience in my energy system has left us basically in, in a simplified form, taken a snapshot of that time and space in that energy and I'm caught in that area and and over time that energy could develop you know with that imprint comes emotions comes belief systems comes you know um a shifted energy form in the body that could manifest as a physical symptom over time or just an, an emotional energetic um piece to work through later in life and so energy healing addresses the 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 imprints and the beliefs and the energetic experiences in the body beneath a physical symptom or even emotional and psychological um, symptom in the body. So these imprints prevent us from being present because they pull us into the past? Exactly. We can fall into any regressed moment at any given time if we're triggered in the present moment. Tell me about triggering. So triggering is when we have an experience in an, or an interaction in our daily life in present time that might throw us back into an old experience. So for example, if I'm running, if I have a, someone does something in present life that causes betrayal, you know, I ha- all of a sudden I'm, I'm experiencing betrayal from someone not telling me the truth then that's it's possible that not only am I experiencing the impact of that betrayal, but perhaps there's a history of betrayal going on in my life, although it may not be that obvious that it's betrayal, but there are experiences in my life where I couldn't trust so-and-so. You know, so I've been abandoned. I've gone through, um, you know, different varying degrees of not being able to trust people. Well, in a trigger, the, the trigger is the moment that the present day moment that that will ignite that cellular memory in my system, that emotional memory in my system. And I will in that moment, in a split second, regress to all the, the thread, the thread of triggers or the thread of experiences in my life that contain that same feeling. That same Can feeling. we... Can we be triggered by someone that's not betraying us and interpret it as betrayal based on our past history? Yeah, and yeah, and that is that's projection. That's another form of projection is that that if I'm not if some I'm I am hitting my history inside myself and I'm projecting it onto somebody and that you know that that might be more of uh, an example of what you're talking about. And it's amazing to me how much of our time and interactions are are actually um, tainted by this triggering. Yeah, it's a lot. It's actually it's, it's a lot of work to stay present, and that's that is the work. It's easier for us to consciously live in honestly in, in the ego. And when I say ego, I, 
I mean the the conditioning that's formed in our conscious being. And the work is how do we heal and clear what's in the quote unquote ego. And that's our fear and our conditioning in order for us to live more connected to our truth, which is spirit inside us. And, and that, that is that that's the spiritual path. Okay. So by your, by your definition, our ego is a conglomeration of our wounding in history. Mm -hmm. Our wounding, our history, our fears. Yes. Amazing. I have not, I've not heard it defined that way. I like that. There's <laughs> <laughs> always, you know, something evil to be killed, but nobody really has made it real clear to me what they mean by it. That's great. You know, and I think of the ego in two parts. I think of the ego as first the wounded ego, which is what we just talked about, that, that conditioning and um, kind of say, well, the negative feelings or, or um, wounds in the body. But then I think that think of it as a, as, the other half is the healthy ego and we need our healthy ego. That's our personality, our affect in the world, how we show up. We need that part of us to manifest our true self into the world. So when I think about ego, working with the ego, I think about working with the wounded ego, but nurturing the healthy ego. Oh, interesting. So we're all a little, um, a multiple personality going on there, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multiple aspects of self, yes. <laughs> yeah. So whose ego am I talking to today, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the good ego or the bad ego? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just about time for a commercial break. When we get back, though, I'd really like to go a little further into ego and um, so we can make it pretty clear because it looks like that's part of what we're going to be dancing with here. Mm, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it is time for that commercial break. <laughs> Wendy and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are internationally broadcast and aired daily through the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. The Exxon is based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Wendy DeRosa, a national and international intuitive healer, teacher, and author. Wendy is the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies and the Healer Training Program. Her website, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. Wendy, we were talking about ego and how there's two sides. One is the wounded ego that takes us into our history. The other one I'm a little clear on, is that what we use to interface with the world? And is that the same as who we are or is that something separate? Well, the ego, you know, I think of the ego consciousness as the as in relationship to the power center of the solar plexus. And essentially, and it's essentially the center of our being, the fire of who we are and who we're here to be. And what happens on the energetic level is that we, through the back body, the back body is our connection to spirit, the front of our, our, our energy system is how we relate and engage with the world. And another way of saying that in more simplified form is the back side of our being connects us to spirit. The front side of us is our ego in the Let world. Me- let me see if I got this right. So you're yeah. talking about the backside of the chakras, the backside of our energy field, as in the physical back of our body. Correct. Okay. Correct. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So so light flows through us, through, through our central channel in the body, which nourishes the front and back side. But we often live in the front side of the body, just mm-hmm. uh, by default we do. We, are, we, we have to be in the world. So we don't always, it's not always taught or explained that we have this backside of our power system of our energy system and that is where we engage and connect with spirit and we can do so through prayer and meditation when it comes to the ego consciousness the center of the solar plexus or the core of the being which is also the pillar in the body is our the center of our true self i mean ultimately nothing's in there but us and god or us and the divine now, are you talking about like the pranic tube moving up and down in the center or in the center of the solar plexus a chakra? Center, the tube, the pranic tube that you just described. I call it the pillar of light, but there's lots of terms for it. Right, right. So, Got yes, it. yes. So, so, so that's, you know, that's our, our deepest connection to truth and source. And, and when we're operating from that centered place, that healthy ego is nurtured. I mean, we're able to operate in the world from clear center but what will happen often is that we, you know, in our energy system, in our field, we might get somewhat caught in, I'll call it ego consciousness or wounded ego consciousness, where we might be, for example, too far forward in our energetic anatomy, disconnected from the backside, which means not connected to self or spirit. We also might be operating from pockets of energy in the body where uh, wounds are in place, which going back to what we were first talking about with the, the regression or the triggered moments, it regresses us to these po- pockets of energy where we might operate from wounded ego. Sounds like the state of the world today, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. ego is a translation point. The healthy ego is a translation point between spirit and the ordinary world. 
Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So how can a person tell if they need energy healing? Yeah, everybody could use energy. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a healer for over 20 years, and I get energy healing. You know, I, I work on myself and invite, you know, people, we support each other. Um, so really, you know, if there's any, it's an, it's somewhat intuitive. You know, sometimes people are called to energy healing because they feel like there's a, there's a, a call from within, you know, I've gone to therapy, I've done X, Y, and Z, and I'm not getting to the root of it. There must be something else. And at that point, when then there's that in, inquisitive, you know, what else? What else is there? It generally points to the unseen and the intuitive and the energetic aspect of what might be going on for somebody. At that point, energy healing would be great to pursue. Um, also, if there's any any symptom fatigue, anxiety, depression, it's always uh, beneficial to look at it. Like even when you said in the very beginning, the four, you know, body, mind, soul, spirit, you know, looking at, at health from that full, well-rounded perspective, you know, if you're addressing dis-ease on any level, looking at it from the spiritual and energetic healing perspective can be very beneficial. Mm. How it seems how it's invisible. How do you diagnose the problem? You mean a, a particular which? yeah ener energetic healing wise? How do you diagnose what's going on that there that there is indeed an imbalance that needs to be addressed? Yeah, so it does take some. It does it takes intuition. So someone who might be um, have that gift of being able to see, hear, feel, or know what's going on, and and it, it, that you know, and, and you just mentioned the unseen. I mean, it it does it's it's a, it, it's an unseen experience. So there isn't exactly in a moment, but an exchange between a healer and a, and a client, there isn't exactly, you know, science in that moment backing it up. There's an energetic exchange of this is what I'm seeing and picking up and whether the client feels a resonance with what that particular, you know, practitioner or healer is is picking up on. So for me, I would, I, you know, I, I have all four aspects of intuition, the seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing, which on a side by, a, as a child, that meant overwhelm. That didn't actually. <laughs> I think there's a lot of autistic, <laughs> supposedly autistic kids staggering around with the same <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> yeah. But now I know, <laughs> now I know what I have. So um, being able to intuit that information for somebody, it's just being able to um, see, you know, trust my own intuition and in what I'm seeing and not necessarily needing to be right in what I have to see or say, but that it resonates for the, um, the client, you know, that they are being able to uh, connect within themselves what, what I might be validating for them or seeing for them. I'm just mirroring to them. And so basically, are you um, engaging your client's intuition uh, with your own? Yeah. Yes. How, how can you be sure of your accuracy when you're doing this? You know, I, and students ask that all the time. The biggest question is, am I doing this right? Am I making this up? And that's that's the number one question that comes through when people are, are learning how to connect to their intuition. And my answer is always, it's going to come through some level of validation. Either that validation is a resonance within myself and my own energetic system, which includes trust and faith, 
or it's an adva- it's a validation exchange between myself and the and the client. I mean, they could very well say that's not resonating for me. Well, there could be a pit. There could be a pitfall here, in mm-hmm. that if we're talking, we are energy beings. I'm I'm in agreement there, and mm-hmm. energy or frequency has resonance. But what if a person is carrying a resonance of fear that is the same as um, an unconscious fear of your own? Could you not find resonance there and have it be coming from fear rather than the actual thing that's going on at the time? You mean if I'm matching their fear and reading if you my have. If you have an unconscious pocket of fear in yourself that their fear resonates with, then you guys are in agreement. How can you tell the difference between that and an actual reading? Well, it, it, you know, it, honestly, I think it's, it's the, um, I mean, we're human. Healers are human, too. But it is the work of the healer, you know, to be able to work on, to, to understand their boundaries, to understand their energy system, to understand transmission, to understand how to keep themselves separate. To under, and, and there's four ways intuition works in the body. So it really also depends on which aspect of intuition you're activating in that moment. For example, if I'm clairvoyant, I'm going to be activating my third eye center. But if I'm claircognizant, I'm going to be activating my second and third chakras. And a lot of that transmission experience that you're just describing comes from the second and third chakras. So if I'm feeling in this moment, you know what, this is touching, whatever is going on here is touching a piece of my own stuff that I'm going to be very, I'm going to work on staying very separate in my second and third chakras so that I can intuit the information for the person. And the other part of it is I don't do this so much anymore because I've been, I've worked, you know, I just have gone, I'm just more experienced (laughs) in reading, but the, um, but sometimes I'll name it. I'll just say, you know, I under, I get this. I, you know, I, I've, I've been here in this situation that you're describing. And sometimes just naming it diffuses the energy transmission that's possible because then I'm able to own it and I own it and it stays with me as opposed to let me project or let you get triggered by my fear match. And Does round that and round. Sense? Yeah, round and round we go. Right. Um, it, it sounds like, again, <laughs> the key is know thyself, yes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the idea of owning it. It's like if I have something coming in empathically and I'm working with someone, um, I'll usually say, well, you know, I ha- this could be mine. This could right. be mine. Are yes. you experiencing it too? What I do find, though, is a lot of people, one of the most difficult things is, is this yours? Is this mine? Is this both of ours? What does it mean? How do you sort through that? Yeah, it, you know, it does bring up an entire conversation about clairsentient and empathic intuition. And the because for clairpathic, clairpathic, clairvoyant, clairaudient, excuse me, clairsentient and empathic people, I'll just call them empathic people, um, we have developed at a very young age a survival mechanism around um, hypervigilance. And mm-hmm. being and being in tuned with the environment in order to find safety, and so the the deeper work for an empathic individual is to allow for just to keep processing and working through any ways that energetic boundaries have been crossed as an er, in an early childhood, in order for the self to feel safe in the body enough to drop in, and have and be be empowered in the second and third chakras. 
most of the time with empathic intuition, there's actually a void or a vacancy or removal of center or self in the second and third chakras. And our work right now as an evolutionary consciousness is that we're embracing and embodying more of the feminine. And in that, we're dropping into the power of the second and third chakras, which means we're absolutely okay with emotions. We're absolutely okay with feeling feelings. Therefore, we're going to allow the other person to have their feelings. And I'll add one more thing, and that's that if we're a match, if I'm having the same emotion that the other person is having, or it's my, you know, we're, everybody has fear. Everybody has something, you know, something that we, you both could process even in that moment without transmitting the information, like without transmitting your stuff as a healer to the person. Does well, that, that kind of, that kind of <laughs> describes mob mentality, doesn't it? Yeah. How so? Well, that if you're unconscious of, of the fact that you're picking up the frequency that everybody else is putting off and that frequency enhances frequency. Okay. In other words, you take two tones, exactly the same volume and they increase more than twice. So then there you have the, the, uh, formula for mob mentality rather than clarity. Right. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we'll pick up more on that because that's a really fascinating subject on the <laughs> other side of yet another short pause. <laughs> Wendy and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. So don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network where new and exciting things are always happening. You don't want to miss the other fine shows and hosts on XZBN.net. You're listening to the Science of Magic, your source for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. And please always email me with your thoughts or suggestions. I'm sure everyone would be listened to, interested in hearing, and that would be at info at scienceofmagic.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. If you enjoy all the wonderful topics on our program, visit our blog where the adventure continues at thescienceofmagicblog.blogspot.com. I'm your host, Wilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Wendy DeRosa, a national and international intuitive energy healer, teacher, and author. Her website, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. Wendy, we were just about to go into the exciting topic of mob mentality. How does that, how does that create itself? Yeah, so, you know, I, it, the, I think that you were saying earlier about how about grounding into self or centering, which is which is grounding is more my perspective or my my language, I guess. And and in the energetic anatomy, this the job of the solar plexus is to help us navigate in our environment. And so inevitably, we're going to start courting to different people and situations and influences in order to figure out how to navigate our life and our environment. And so when we're ungrounded, meaning the spirit's lifting a little higher in the body and we're not necessarily connected through the grounding cord, the solar plexus opens up in this extreme way that has us create these pathways to receive energy from our surrounding and our environment. And quite frankly, as I'm sure many of us experience, sometimes those frequencies aren't, they're toxic. They're not necessarily in our highest good. Um, And so the work then starts to become, how do I ground through my grounding cord, as opposed to having all these cords or pathways open through the solar plexus, which, you know, would then activate my wounded ego, as opposed to grounding into your grounding cord, getting clear between you and the earth, it has you lean back into your back body, and you're engaged more with self, higher self, higher consciousness, et cetera. And that then starts to pull pull those, sort of clears the cords in the front of the solar plexus and pulls the solar plexus back in more in a, in a, a healthy, manageable amount so it's not overexposed. So when you think about that mob mentality or, you know, that's, that's, the, that's what's out there in the ether and this would be a way to individuate self and get more clear in truth. This also brings up a very interesting thing about parenting. Um, on the planet, a, fir- a child's first experience of courting and being able to read if their environment is safe or not, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, would be through their connection to the adult. If the adult is not present and doesn't have these skills, the child is going to have a harder time learning them. What can you tell us about that? Yes, exactly. Um, so there are natural cords between a parent and a child through which you know, the energy transmits. I mean, it's just natural. And a lot of that's loving, bonded, bonding energy. Um, but it does serve. And, and you know, I, I relate. I'm a parent myself. I It's, you know, it's easy. Once <laughs> once you're in it, it's sometimes harder to, to figure out, you know, what's mine and what's what isn't mine. And how do I parent this, this you know, situate this child, really. But the 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 piece here that's important is that you know it's never too late to 
to model energetically how you want to live in your body for a child to pick up that that um, in their body. What naturally the solar the solar plexus development developmental years are the prepubescent years, so twelve to maybe you know actually can go through teenage years even through seventeen could go as you know as young as eleven and up until seventeen and so those are prime years for a child to start to individuate from the parental bonding and start to look for social groups you know how do i who do I belong to in the world, not just who do I belong to in my family but who do I belong to in the world and so it's it can be incredibly supportive, especially in those developmental years for a parent to provide for themselves first grounding and self-connecting and, you know, self-love, self-care, nurturing practices that could be taught or exemplified to their child so that the child will know how to anchor into self. Isn't that kind of a natural progression, though? If, if If the parent is grounded and the child is hooked into the parent, they learn their grounding energetically rather than through any technique. That's right. If the parents grounded, <laughs> and there's right. your there's your sign, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How, how common is it for people to be grounded? Um, you know, quite honestly, we live in a we live in an environment. We live in a world where we're plugged into technology. There's a lot more pavement on the ground, um, a lot more fast paced. We tend to live higher up in the body. Primarily, um, you know, we do, we are not out farming that these days as much as you know that we were 300 years ago. We're not growing our food, and the things are going on with our food these days. And so, there's a lot in, in built into our system right now that creates a creates ungroundedness for us. And so, it's not that somebody might not want to be grounded or not even be trying to be grounded. It's just that the effort to ground is so much more needed and it's actually um it takes more grounding throughout the day to be grounded nowadays because we're so plugged in these days so i mean i hate to say the majority of the world's ungrounded because that's i think that's a gross generalization but there's a there's a good i mean there's a good number of people i mean even me you know i as an intuitive i have regular grounding practices throughout my day and even grounding is even you know, how do I make the transitions in my life between one interaction to the next interaction? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we trail energy throughout our day and then get to the end of the day and go, oh, my gosh, I've so, you know, there's so much I did today that I didn't process. Yeah. So scattered mm-hmm. is still still stuck in the old places. <laughs> so yeah. with all this said, how does lack of grounding in our energetic bodies affect our physical health? Yes. So grounding, grounding again is, is, is the flow of prana, life force energy through from the root chakra through the legs and feet connecting to the earth and emerging, immersing in a, in, in, in anything and any, everything that has to do with earth energy. When we don't do that, the spirit sits higher in the body and that ends up creating symptoms of digestive issues. It ends up racing the heart. So anxiety, it makes it very hard at that point to be present in self. So then we might experience head spinning, confusion, difficulty making decisions, um, a, a speech that is disconnected from self. 
So talking off the top of our head without it being connected to self or grounding. Um, you know, really chronic, there's chronic fatigue, there's, you know, endocrine system issues, um, immune, immunity issues, autoimmune can also be connected to not necessarily, I don't want to imply that people aren't, you know, if you have an autoimmune that you're not grounded, that's not true. Um, but sometimes there's, there's chronic, um, I'll call them blocks in the root chakra that just prevent an energetic flow in that area of the body in a way that allows the spirit to utilize the full earth energy that could be accessible in mm. that area of the body. Mm. So what can you tell us about the chakras as it relates to this? Well, the root chakra is the, is the base of the tree. The grounding cord actually is the trunk of the tree and everything stems from the root chakra. So it's one of our most powerful foundational power centers in the body. And when the root chakra is nourished and we're grounding and we're, we're feeding ourselves and we're sleeping and we're, we're balanced in our health and our well-being, then the, the prana, the life force energy starts, you know, flows down through the legs, through the lower body. And the chakra system then at that point can be balanced from the, the, the second chakra upward, given there can be different, you know, um, experiences in each of the chakras or imprints in the chakras that need attending to. But what happens when the, the root chakra is reversed, meaning what I mean by that is that the grounding force is going upward, not downward, is that it start can, it can start to cause those, the, um, the energy flow imbalances in the second and third, creating digestive issues. The heart chakra can start to spin. The throat chakra is now, you know, sort of <laughs> regurgitating anything that wants to come up and out verbally or, you know, in, in emotionally. And the head starts to spin. But the chakra system has so much to do with, it, it's our template. It has so much to do with how we operate in the world. And when we are grounded through the root chakra and grounding cord, the, the, the system, that sets the system up for coming into balance. And one more thing to say about that is that the, if you're doing energy healing on any of the chakras, the, the, they won't, the best thing to do is to ground first because that creates safety for the body. The body won't heal or release if it doesn't feel safe. And so we've got a, that root chakra is just so important in, in the energetic system. Well, doesn't it also give the, what you release a place to go? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That down through your grounding cord. Yes. Yeah. We, we have a couple minutes left in this segment. What can you tell us about how the chakras interface with the auric field? Yeah, this, the, the auric field is a reflection of the chakras. So... Um, the, for every chakra, there's a corresponding auric layer in, in the body. So sometimes, um, we can heal and clear the aura, but if the chakra system is clogged, the aura is going to get clogged again. <laughs> so it's, it's always best to, you know, to work on healing, running light through whatever your energy healing techniques that you may know, work on the chakras, healing and clearing internally, because that then will get reflected in the auric field as opposed to going outward in, it's inward. 
out. You know, one thing that I found fascinating is a lot of people have an idea that there's a color or a tone or a perfect way that a chakra is supposed to be. I see it flexing and, and shifting a basic, based on what a person is doing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Same in the auric field, too. There's never one color that your aura is or one color that, you know, you may see people see different colors for the chakras. And it does. It depends. Anything can change a color, any state of being at any given moment, you know, of, of the day can shift the color of somebody, what they're carrying. It doesn't depend on what we're putting out in the world. Our color will shift accordingly. Like if we're trying to really will our way through something, the yellow might really be up front. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, so as you get to where you can read auric field, you can kind of tell what a person is doing with their energy. Right. Right. It's like having the inside scoop, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, you personally see ours or do you feel them? Um, it, both, you know, and it's really is what presents to me, um, because I can see and I can feel, um, and I, I wish I could say which one was more dominant. It really, they interchange for me. I, mm. I think it's different for different people and it well, depends. We'll go into that because I'm sure everybody's interested on how to start accessing their esoteric nature, but we need to take another quick break. Before we pause, let me remind you to check out the amazing upcoming Galactic Shamanism classes for both children and adults on findyourpathhome.com. Wendy and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting things we offer at thescienceofmagic.net. The Earth is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations, yet viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself, finding safe passage through challenging times? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with Great News, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow are a series of online adult and children's lessons instructing your entire family on natural law, how to cooperate with and be supported by the powers of the universe. Visit findyourpathhome.com to find these unique and powerful classes. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 
5213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic, topic or guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy hearing them. Our guest this hour is Wendy DeRosa, the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies and the Healer Training Program. Her website, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. So, Wendy, we were having fun discussing the chakras and all that fun stuff, and, and then we got into uh, talking about how can a person tell when they're getting esoteric information? I, I wonder, don't we all get it at some point? We just don't recognize it? I, I think so, yes. I think many people, you know, it depends on a person's, um, you know, their openness and their stage of development and their evolution and where they are in themselves. But yes, I do think the information is there and it's really whether we are willing to open up to it. So how does a person start opening up to it and noticing it? Well, a couple ways. I mean, one is that the, we were talking about the root chakra earlier and, and that the, on the other end of the spectrum is the, the crown chakra and the crown chakra is where we open up to faith and to the flow of the divine, and sometimes just opening that access, allowing more faith, more flow, more receptivity. It's that willingness to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I am moving my mind out of the way to allow more flow, to allow more grace to flow through me, and that can happen through prayer or meditation or just, you know, closing your eyes and creating the visual of the crown chakra opening and that that relationship starts to increase consciousness in the in the body in the mind but also the body to where somebody might might wake up meaning their soul has gotten activated by this willingness to evoke faith and the, the spirit realm or the the higher the might i say the connection to source or to God, and that it opens up more spiritual awareness in the body. And from there, the other way that this can happen is that grace will start to tap on the backside of our heart chakras. And that's where we start to feel calling is through the back of the heart. And many people are in, uh, whether they realize it or not, are being called right now to step into more of who they're here to be. And that, that, that is the, they may not realize this, but grace is tapping on the back of the heart to say, wait, wake up. I'm here. Allow, allow your, allow me in, you know, allow the light of grace in so that you can start operating from more heart consciousness and more intuitive sense and more, more of soul, more spirit and more soul. So those are, those are the ways I think of in the energetic body as to how we may open up. It's fascinating because every, just about every uh, tradition, religious tradition on the planet uses faith, trust, hope, grace, 
Um, and yet there, you know, we, we don't seem to connect them with the energetic body. Isn't it amazing? It's really amazing. And, you know, and we think about some of the, you know, if we were going to die, it's a big conversation, but in brief, if we think about the, the sacred heart and the original teachings of Jesus, the healer, not Jesus, the, you know, the spiritual, um, icon of, you know, Christianity, but the, the, the healer, the, the consciousness, that's what he was teaching was this opening up of the grace and the intuitive heart. And those, that information did not translate into, you know, the world from here. Right. You know, we have, um, I was talking to a gentleman, very interesting a medical doctor that had discovered that the heart, uh, actually spirals the blood. And when this blood spirals, it spins the red blood cells that have an iron core. So that's just like the planet that mm-hmm. creates the auric field or the, or the, um, toroidal field around the heart. That's actually measurable. And mm-hmm. that is, I, I took it a step further. That's the connected point between all of us is mm-hmm. that, that energetic field around the heart. But if our heart's closed, then we can't intuit anything, can we? Right, right. That's right. That's right. So yeah. it all starts in the heart. Yeah. They say the heart field is, t- what, 10,000 or 100,000 times powerful than, more powerful than the mind. Mm. We well, you know you see these amazing icons, old, old, old ones of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Sacred Heart of Mary. And they're trying to say something, you know, but I'm going, and what are these trying to say? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming full circle. Right. Yeah. So, what do you see in these times? You've spoken about these times being special. What's going on? Yeah, so you know we're moving. We're we're obviously we're going through a time period of um, unearthing of the shadow and corruption is part of that coming to the earth and uh, coming surfacing. You know, so that we can see it, so we can unearth it, so that truth can be revealed. And in this process, that's happening within us. I mean, we are being called to step more powerfully into our light and into our truth of who we're here to be. And that's a deep, deep energetic process inside the body. And in that, it may surface our shadow. It might bring it to bring it to the surface, which is why there's such a big calling for healing and for the healing arts and for the you know, spiritual growth, etc., is to really start to heal at a deeper level the energy we've carried throughout time because we're going through kind of a paradigm shift and it's a little messy right now, but it's, we're moving towards what in yoga they might, they would call the Sat Yuga, which is the era of truth. And we're in the Kali Yuga, which is that unearthing of corruption right now. Um, so this, so it's so important that we are listening deeply to our hearts, to our interior, and that we are finding that path inward to self, because even, you know, even the outward, um, the putting the intention of spirit, meaning like, um, I don't know, you know, gurus are falling off their pedestals and, you know, we're <laughs> seeing politics are crumbling, you know, it's like everything that's outward that we put on a pedestal or we had as a, as a, um, a way to control really is falling. And we, we are getting more grounded in self. And I, I believe that's happening on a collective level. It's just that we might have to go through our own personal healings to feel that and get there. So the more we clear out the, um, what I call miasms, what you call restrictions, um, in the different chakras, the more capable we are of grounding and interacting from self versus conditioning. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Is, is that is that the point there? Yeah. Yep. So what is the shadow? So the shadow is the collect. That's another way of saying our, our um, old conditioning or that wounded ego. Sometimes I'll use those words synonymously, but the shadow is the collection of the the unhealed parts within us that may be um, unprocessed emotions. It might be, you know, history of pain or wounds. And some of that isn't even origin hasn't even originated in this lifetime. It might even be energy we came into this world with that we carry, or it might come through the family lineage that we carry. And so it's yeah, it's our work to look at that, look at what's in our shadow. So we're carrying like these alternate personalities that are all about damaging, not even just our own, but historical. Well, well, it's it's energy that's come through. I don't. I, it could be personalities. It could be even um, the 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 energy that some a, 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 an ancestor had to live through that gets passed on energetically through transmission from what you know from if it's a grandparent to the child then to your mother or father whoever it might be and then it gets passed into you or us I'm using just as an example here and that it's part of our shadow might be you know wow I'm really carrying the energy of whatever that is poverty consciousness or it could be you know and I you know could be holocaust energy it could be you know energy of suppressing the feminine Etc. That could have come through the lineage. So, so does it, that come through um, through the DNA? It, yes, it does come through the DNA. Mm-hmm. And the DNA is just a frequency, right? Yeah, the DNA is cellular frequency. Mm-hmm. So you energetically can heal that. You can energetically heal that, according to Deepak Chopra. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> So if we energetically heal our own DNA, how does that affect our ancestors? That's a great question. I can only answer this from my intuition and my experience as an intuitive, and that is that um, when we heal our, when we heal lineage energy that we're carrying, we heal it for for the past. We heal it for the people in our life who may have passed on or may still be living, we actually heal it for them as well. And I am say that I can say that intuitively because that's been my experience in, in seeing this intuitively. I, I don't have a science to back that up. That's just my, through my intuitive um, working with clients for years and years and years is just that it releases it. It's energy at this point. We don't get, we don't need to take, forward for them or for ourselves so the resonance is broken yeah yes yeah that, that's that's a worthwhile cause isn't it yes and how yes. about we have just a little bit of time left how about our descendants it affects them as well yes yes definitely yes as we he, as we choose to heal for ourselves we're healing for our children absolutely what, what a beautiful thought well it's hard to believe but we're already out of time Wendy, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. It has been. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Our guest this hour has been Wendy DeRosa, a national and international intuitive healer, teacher, and author of Expanding Your Heart, Awakening Through the Four Stages of Spiritual Opening, Energy Healing Through the Chakras, and Bouncing Back, Thriving in Changing Times. Wendy is the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies and the Healer Training Program. 
her website, schoolofintuitivestudies.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you find healing through balance. Thank you.